Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands Podcast. Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts, mindset, money, practice management, marketing, find it here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Hands Podcast. Today, we are so excited to have Kevin C's himself um, from Kevin C's R. Welcome. Yay, thank you. So <laughs> glad to be here for the second time. Oh, guys, hush up. Yeah, so totally. Um, and for those of you, I'm like, whatever. So what had happened is that we had done a podcast recording the first time. And then, you know, Kevin being the perfectionist that he is, he's like, I don't like my episode. Can we do it again? Yeah, I was like, you know, maybe we can do it this time again without me getting naked. I thought maybe it would be more appropriate. Uh, uh, yeah, because that's what happened. Guys, no, please. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> You're nervous. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're no? making it awkward. Guys, this is like, okay. <laughs> So the thing is with Kevin is that I didn't know him at all the first time he did the podcast. And then we were out in Texas at Aesthetics Next, what, a couple of weeks ago. By the time you guys hear this, though, it's going to be like Christmas or something. Um, and so, yeah, so then I got to know him and he's super cool and everything. Okay. And yeah, I got to know you a little bit. And so, yeah, second time around. Second time I would have loved to have hung out more, for sure. But we're all busy. I know we were running. I was running around like a mad woman. Yes, you were. Yeah, you were chilling. You were having a good time. Yeah, you were having a. You all went to that party, and I didn't show up till later. And I was like, eh, I'll check it out. Yeah, I want to be in bed. I had some yeah. energy though. I just don't sleep a lot because I got a three-year-old. So no. the first the first night I was there, I slept eleven hours solid. Oh my god! Which was crazy for me because I yeah. I sleep in three-hour portions. Because my son karate kicks our door open twice a night or three really? times a night. Yeah, he's, he just turned three. He's still not sleep trained. And we've hired two sleep trainers. Sounds like he needs a good spanking. I'm just kidding. Wait, dude, I, dude when, when we just went to San Diego yeah. over the weekend. And it was uh -huh. six hours of each way with him screaming in the car. I finally threw his toy out the window on the freeway. I was like, I can't. Oh my hear. God. That's he just, crazy. He loses it. But of course I felt bad and I bought him a bunch of new toys. So. Well, of course. It was funny. Um, I, my, so I think I was talking to you before we started recording, but my, 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 my partner, my other half, he loves to travel. And you and I were talking about it. And so he, he I forget where he had traveled to. Um, oh no, we had taken separate planes to get to Aesthetics next because he had to work. And so he came down later. And he was saying there was this like there's like toddler who was in front of him on the plane. And he and as soon as he said, put your trays up or whatever, the kid was screaming like the entire. Is he wearing a mask? Uh, I guess. I, I think he has to, even though he's a toddler, they have to wear them. <laughs> but we're not going to get into that, Kevin. Stop it. Okay. Oh, stop it. So I wish I had you have a ruler just to like wrap your knuckles when you start getting out of hand and trying to go into territory that we're not supposed to go into on this podcast. All right. <laughs> we're gonna stay, we're gonna stay in territory. We can we can go outside the lines. So guys, we're gonna color outside the lines a little bit today, but not well, you can also edit it, correct? You can edit That's this. True. It's not I live. Can't. So I was thinking it'd be funny if I shifted my hat 
every like five minutes so that when you edit it, my hat's constantly changing positions and you get all like, frustrated. What the hell is wrong with him? You know, you're freaking weird. Oh, my hat just spins while we talk. <laughs> don't make it too hard for me. I don't want to be editing too much. I like my, my podcast episodes to be just, I do the thing and then I, I export it and it's done. You know, Kevin, everybody wants to know. So tell us a little bit more about your, your, about, first of all, what do you do in the aesthetics field? Because I'm sure people have so many misconceptions about what you do, or they don't understand what the heck you, you do. They're just like, oh, yeah, they're like art by yeah. Kevin Cease. So tell us more sure. about that. Yeah, so I do 3D illustration animation for aesthetic yeah. education or educational providers. Is yeah. that a thing? Yeah, educators. Yeah. Let's say that. Okay. And uh, what I like to do for them is to build out a whole 3D package that can then be used to create 2D images in 3D animated videos. Yeah. So the benefit of 3D is that you can get unlimited images. Whereas if I had to draw each image, it could take forever. So one client came to me and they were like, we need 160 images. Oh my and God. I, so if I just build out the basics, you know, in 3D and I, mm -hmm. I scan a person and I, and I, I create sculpt all out all of the anatomy. Mm -hmm. And then we get to this place where I have this complete anatomical head in 3D. And by 3D, I mean, in the computer, some people wow. are like in clay. And I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm not like Michelangelo sitting here. No, like. I love, I though I love doing that. I wish yeah. I had more time to do it. Wow. But, so you do uh, sculpting too. Okay. Sorry. I digress. Go on. I'm better at 3D than 2D usually. Mm -hmm. um, so I build it out in 3D and then we can just bang out images. So like, uh, yeah, a lot of clients are like, can you just do one image? And I'm like, I can't, you know, I, I, I there's, it just takes too long. This doesn't make money mm -hmm. and it's uh, that's it. So if a, a, a company who's educating is trying to create a manual or a presentation or online courses, mm -hmm. once we get that 3D model built, it's yeah. just like bam, 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 like two, three images a day sometimes. And I can wow. pump out like 50 images in a few weeks or something, you know? Oh my God. So, and then they can come back to me later and be like, hey, we now need an additional 10 images or this video and everything's just ready for them. So wow. it's much easier that way than any other way I can think of, you know? Well, yeah. So, I mean, so even with that, how did you even get your start to start working with aesthetic companies and kind of developing this very specific niche? Like where did that, where did that come from? Yeah, I was, I was in college and a friend brought me another friend of hers and she wanted me to do an illustration for her. And I was in college studying animation and anatomy mm -hmm. And not this detailed though. I was just mm -hmm. doing like gross anatomy, general anatomy for art, studying figure and all of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just did a drawing that went crazy viral. And then yeah. fast, and that was it. I just, I stopped for a long time. I mean, that was just one client came to me and that was it. And I was doing mm -hmm. all kinds of other stuff. And then I decided I needed to get back into it. And mm -hmm. when I made that choice, I started getting calls mm -hmm. at random to make more images like it and they wow. just kept going viral like they were crazy viral so what i discovered too is that people were resharing my work uh -huh. and then advertising their work under it oh in instagram 
not in the image. So I'm, this is a strategy. Okay. This is, this is great. I realized like it just came to me because uh-huh. it was happening for me. Like the, everything was happening for me. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel lucky, you know? So I would post an image of say a fat pad animation or something. Yeah. And they would reshare it. Now the image would have, have to have my copyright or the client's copyright, my name somewhere, something. Yeah. And then in the, the, description on Instagram, they would say something like, this is why you need to hire a professional because there's so many vessels in the face. Come to my clinic and I'll show you how professional I am or whatever. You know, I realize this is like a major strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things I'm doing with my clients or trying to do with my clients, the clients got to be active. They mm-hmm. got to be on the game of we're in this together and we're focused and we're going to go on this journey together to create everything we want to create. They can't be on the sidelines. They have to be involved. Mm. So when that's happening, I produce something for them specifically for their social media Mm -hmm. and it'll be copywritten in their, like they're branded and maybe it even has like at the end of the video, like their book that they're trying Mm -hmm. to sell or something Mm -hmm. that we're doing together. Mm -hmm. And then it gets reshared. And other people are like, this is why I'm so professional. You know what I mean? And then it shows our video with our brand name and our product for sale. So it's like self-advertising. Wow. You don't need to pay for advertising. In fact, I know some of the clients I've worked with, they spent a fortune on advertising and it did nothing. Mm. You just got to create something really unique and cool. And I Mm -hmm. I learned that the aesthetic industry doesn't have anything going on in the art department. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one company, one of the biggest, if not the biggest company came to me and they were like, we love what you're doing online. We want you to remake all of our work. And they showed me their work and it was like, looked like it came out of a computer from the 1980s, like, <laughs> like Nintendo level, you know? So, and they were like, we need 130 images or whatever. So, wow. so yeah, that's crazy. So, and when I say images too, they're like, they're not just straight up renders, which if mm-hmm. you, a render means like it's just a camera shot of the 3D sculpt mm-hmm. that ha- takes time to process out to get the full quality. It's mm-hmm. like each image is like many images put together and then painted on top of. So mm-hmm. each illustration has like a hand element, uh, like a paintbrush element to it. Yeah. So, but what I was getting from companies was raw renders. So they just be like straight up computer made images that had no depth to them and they're kind of clunky and yeah. So, so that's really awesome that you've been able to do that work with, with like, you know, some of the top professionals in the industry and you're actually, you know, scanning actual cadavers, like talk a little bit more about that. Sure. So I, I step-by-step realized that scanning was a big way to cut corners on time and labor and also get and capture things that are incredibly accurate you know Mm -hmm. so i bought these scanners and it cost me a fortune and i was originally like i don't want to sculpt people's heads i want to scan them because i can just get that done and they look great and i can edit them and everything Mm -hmm. and then i realized that uh we should be scanning cadavers because I, I wanted to get my hands on a cadaver so bad and work with one and, and learn from yeah. it and be in that environment. And mm-hmm. 
I posted an ad on Instagram saying that I could turn your cadaver into a digital model. Um, so I just needed somebody to provide the cadaver. Uh-huh. And I needed to work with the pros who could actually do it. Yeah. Actually dissect it. So he called me and then, you know, we signed this contract and it involved scanning cadavers layer mm-hmm. by layer is what I was going to say. So it's got to be, it's got to be the same head and we, we scan it and we cut it down and we scan it, we cut it down, we get all the way down to bone. Yeah. And then dump those into the 3D software I use to animate and sculpt on. Uh-huh. And then I can do whatever with them. I mean, I can make them talk. I can make them, you know, do anything because they're now a 3D thing. Wow. I can make them warp layer, layer to layer. I can mm-hmm. do split, you know, views. And um, I just knew that it was going to be amazing. They're not uh, the cheapest things to scan either they took us a whole day just to scan that one head and then there's a lot of post-production that goes into it yeah and and, uh i can also sculpt directly on the cadaver Mm -hmm. which is the other thing that got me so high off of this idea was i can bridge the gap between very hard to read cadavers and way too easy to read illustration and and find a middle where um, i can actually start sculpting directly onto the cadaver, adding vessels, removing vessels, mm-hmm. adding muscles. The cadaver that we scanned, it was chopped up by um, <sighs> professors at, <laughs> does that sound funny? <laughs> it was dissected by professors at uh, this university, but mm-hmm. we all felt afterwards like we could, we, could, we need more cadavers, we need a better um, surgeon. Mm-hmm. A little, it was a little chopped up. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, but he didn't have like Z minor muscles, so I just added them. Oh well, yeah, because you could do that. The, yeah. Yeah. It's like once you get it as a scan, it's like handing it to me in digital clay. Mm-hmm. So I can really wow. just manipulate it any way I want. I can change the textures, I can change the the shapes, I can mm-hmm. separate pieces so that they can move independently. It's yeah. a lot. Of, it would be a lot of work to do that, but I, I mean, it's it's there. It's available. My goodness! So, like, so I do have to. I know you're a guy, so you're not probably creeped out by these the things. Am. Like, I'm I'm creeped out by it. I I because I am a very visual person, so I mean, immediately in my brain, seeing like all these images and like cadavers and everything. But tell me, like, when you were doing this process, it didn't creep you out at all. I was. I tell you, I was a little nervous because I didn't know how I would react. Because I didn't, I've never seen one in person other than like a relative who passed away. It wasn't a cadaver dissected. You know what I mean? It was different. That was, that was pretty traumatic. But this was like super fascinating to me. I was just, I was like, so, I felt so blessed that I got the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I was just like, I was in prayer half the time. I was like talking to this guy in a way saying, thank you for, thank you so much for sacrificing your body for science. And I'm so grateful for you. And I was just saying all kinds of stuff. Like, like if you're holding anything, let it go. Not that I think we're past that point, but I just like (laughs) my instincts, my instincts internally were to just, I respect the hell out of this this body, no matter what life was like, he's, he's dead. You know, like, I don't know if he was on death row and he was a criminal, but mm-hmm. like once he's 
once they pass, I just feel like it's, it's over, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold, I, like release everything. Not that I knew him. I'm talking like he, I'm just talking in general terms now. <laughs> you're like, this like ever. I knew him. No, but I understand what you're talking about. It's just kind of like almost the work that you were doing by dissecting and scanning this for the advancement of science is almost kind of like a, it sounds like it was kind of like a, a sacred thing. A what thing? Sacred. Yeah, it was very, yes, that's the word. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you had a sense of reverence for the work that you were doing. Absolutely. Yeah, my goodness. So speaking of reverence, I know that, you know, art is something that is so um, deep rooted and in, in, in people's lives and everything. And like when we discover that we are an artist or that we have a gift for that, it's, 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 I can't remember when I knew I was musical or any of those things, but. Are you when, musical? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have my violin yeah. over there. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I would love to learn violin, man. <laughs> so, like, the thing that I want to ask you is, like, when did you know you were an artist? Like, wh- when did you start developing that craft in yourself? And, and, and how did you use it, you know, throughout your, you know, youth and everything? I think I'm still trying to deal with acknowledging the term that I am an artist. Like, it's uh-huh. hard to... I don't know if it's an over, I don't, it's, it's hard to hear that and be like, yep, I'm an artist. Like, cause it's such a big title that I give yeah. to people, few people too. Like I'm an mm-hmm. art Nazi. So you gotta be really good for me to give somebody the term, like they're a true artist, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. That makes like, sense. yeah. Cause there's so many people who are just middle ground or they think that they're good. And I'm like, they're not, they're struggling and they don't have the eye and whatever. And I don't, I know my limitations as an artist for sure. Mm. Like I really do. So I just try to capitalize on the parts of me that I know I can do. Mm-hmm. I can, I can excel at. Mm-hmm. So one, it's a skill that you can learn. Mm-hmm. You can learn the software and animation. You can learn how to train your eye, but natu- there's a natural level of talent that I see in people that I totally envy, like just, and they're usually 2D illustrators mm-hmm. who are able to just whip out dynamic drawings for Disney movies or like I respect the 2D Disney movies more than the 3D in a way, even though 3D is what I do. I love watching the 3D, but people mm-hmm. who can just put a pencil to paper and start drawing anything, I think that they're the top of the list of talent when it comes to art. Um, but when I was a kid, all I did was draw when I was in class. I mean, I was I didn't care about school at all. What type of yeah. things do you draw? Uh, what kind of stuff do I draw? Comic book stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Evil stuff. Evil I loved, stuff. I loved Spawn when I was a Spawn comic book, and the artist's name Todd Todd McFarlane. Spawn's okay. you know Spawn. Spawn's a he's in a black suit and he's got like white like this and he's got a big red cape and then there's demons in it. It's a cool comic book. I grew up on all the Image comics. Image I comics. Mean, <laughs> Image Comics, Image was a brand and they made like the dark stuff and like psychological stuff. Yeah. And so I was kind of drawn to that when I was a kid. And when I was in school, I hated school. I, especially in our public school I was in, they were just, they sucked, you know? So I'd just be scribbling on my homework or my schoolwork all day. And I got A's in art and I got, yeah. I got very low grades in the other classes. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
they didn't mean anything to me. They didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't see how they would help my life. And I also didn't like the things that other people liked. Mm, like kind of music and the movies, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get it. You know, I was always kind of, I was in the back of the classroom. I looked mm-hmm. like Marilyn Manson in my teens. You know, I used to be total gothic kind of kid. Yeah. Into, into Manson and Nine Inch Nails. So I was always drawing dark stuff. And wow. then um, I didn't go to college too until I was in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I acceler- accelerated that, of course. Like that was all, and it was all dark stuff in there, but it was cool. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, sh- I don't have any of that in my portfolio or online because I'm purely a business right now, mm-hmm. catering towards medical aesthetics, but you know, zombies and stuff, which are also um, like require some anatomy. Oh my you know, goodness. Right. So basically, so you, so, so when you're in college, you did like more like horror and like you said yeah. stuff and everything yeah i did a i did a um 3d sculpture in school uh, that was on the computer not in real life although i did mm-hmm. some stuff i did a lot of dragons sculptures in real life oh wow okay but i did like a demon coming out of a girl's mouth and she, <laughs> she's like on her bed screaming and like another mouth is coming out of her mouth oh, and i goodness. used I used my friend who was a stripper as reference. So I had all, <laughs> all these yeah. photos of her posing, you know, and I wow. sculpted out her whole body and sculpted yeah. out the clothes and sculpted out. And it's like uh, body horror. I love body mm-hmm. horror is a thing that I've always liked. Like the movie, uh, The Thing. Yeah, I know that one at least. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So that that kind of stuff, awesome. like the, the stuff that really like triggers people on a, on a uh, deep level, like on a li- lizard brain level. Yeah. Like I they push the envelope in horror, you know? So that's what I was always wanting to do with my work. And now I'm doing aesthetic stuff, which is totally cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I still see like the, the, the connection, the I mean, yeah, the link, because, you know, you loved horror, zombies, and when you're kind of rendering that type of art, like you said, you need to know the anatomy and everything to make it here, like it the muscles. Yeah, and everything. So it's like even now when you're doing, um, I see like your artwork, you're doing a lot of that even now because you see it's, it's when you're scanning a cadaver, I think that gets pretty close to, I don't know, that's, that's interesting for me. So I, I, I see, I see the parallels 100%. Yeah, it, there are some weird parallels because they're both flesh right and death yeah. i guess yeah. flesh and death you got those right <laughs> <laughs> you got both together so something i want to ask you about like with the industry like you know you're, you're an artist you like to jar people you like to i do and, and yeah and you've never been basic you don't like basic shit okay you don't i don't so, I can't listen to the radio unless it's talk because everything they play, I just, I think is garbage. Yeah. You're, you're much like me, huh? Highest grossing films, uh-huh. you know, like they don't, the effects are cool to learn, to look at from an, you know, an art production fate, like side, but as far as like the depth of characters and mm-hmm. story and mm-hmm. does it show what it's like to be a human being and mm-hmm. what we actually go through, or is it trying to cover all that up and just be, selling tickets like buy some suits in an office in hollywood you know they're like yeah. 
put these actors in and it'll make money. It doesn't matter what the movie's about or how depth mm-hmm. and deep we go with the characters, you know? So I just kind of, I check out. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. And because something in the aesthetics industry, it's almost like there's caricatures. Is that the right word? Caricature, cur- caricatures? Characters, Caricature. yeah, correct. It almost feels it feels sometimes like it's the avoidance of all of that. Yeah, and it's you know, and I and I do see, and I'm not a marketing expert, obviously, not even close. But you know, I do see, you know, you, you talk about when you were in school, there's a lot of basic stuff, and you don't like to be basic, and you're kind of always the contrarian, doing something different. In the aesthetics field, I, I see a lot of everyone doing the exact same thing. They're doing the same TikTok dances. They're. Have I said that to you? <laughs> what? Have, have I mentioned that to you? Like when I see TikTok or when I see Instagram reels, I'm like, ugh. I think we talked so about it a little cringe. bit. Yeah, the, so I think we talked a little bit about the last time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and so my question to you is where does a business stand out? Yeah, where where or how does a business stand out, not reduce their quality, not and 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 how and yeah, how can they stand out and not reduce their quality so then they're just like everybody else in the marketplace dancing on TikTok? And I'm like, there's some fun things. Like there's some fun things out there. So anyone who's doing it, you're cute. Whatever. Well, I think some of you I think don't know how to dance though. <laughs> I don't know how to dance. No. Unless it was at a rave and I was 18. I uh, I think that those TikToks are for each other, not for bringing clients in, right? But they do get clients because I think because of their TikToks. I think I, okay. This is what I I I heard because what happens it makes someone connect because remember you know because you can connect on something that makes someone feel uncomfortable like with horror. So you like you're it's something you're, visceral, something it, visceral. Exactly. So when someone's doing something that's trendy and funny, it's or not. Whatever, it, well, but, funny can be visceral. Funny can be great if it's done, you know, well, if it's exactly. executed and it's actually funny. Yeah. So like what happens, you know, when they jump on these wagons, people are amused by it and they're like, oh, those aesthetic providers are kind of cool because what's happening, because there's two different waves. And it's funny, I talked to you someone about it this morning, but there's like a kind of, there's like the old school, they're like very clinical, very like professional, very a certain way. And then there's the newer, you know, med spot owner coming in and some of the older ones are trying to jump on that bandwagon too, that are just like, okay, we're going to be fun. We're going to be hit. We're going to be this. Like, they don't half, of like them look like half of them look like suits trying to be hit. Mm. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I saw like when you're morning. when you're a kid and your parents giving you like, I'm going to be the cool mom. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, my God, I think that the problem here might be that they're not being themselves and they're not mm. telling their story. So they're not relatable. I think that's just any company. You need to be telling your story to your audience mm-hmm. specifically that makes them connect with you on a human level. And mm-hmm. why you're the best at what you do. Dancing mm-hmm. on TikTok is mocked. I I don't think that that's unless you're doing a video that made fun of those videos, that I would like. You know, making fun of those those people doing that want to all be in the same. What I see is just people trying to just do what other people are doing. And there's no mm-hmm. originality in that. 
Like there's none. It's literally just, I'm going to copy this thing because I want people to see me. And I think that that's the worst thing that people can do. Mm. Mm. They're not tapping into themselves. Do you, you know how many people I've, I've worked with who are doing that? And like when I was younger, I was doing production in the comedy industry. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would do the, we would do these events for comedians who were new. A lot of them, most of them were all new. Mm-hmm. And they go up on stage and they do this rigid thing that they think needs to get a laugh and it wouldn't come from their heart. It would mm-hmm. be like some poorly written joke that, you know what I mean? And everyone's like, we can't relate to you. We don't know who you are. Tell your story. Go up and start talking about how you're having issues in, in your relationship or mm-hmm. like anything. Yeah. I think it applies universally. You know, yeah. so like if you're I know that there's also a thing in the industry right now where um, every piece of art and advertising is white women and Botox because white, white women make up 90% of the clients, mm-hmm. but they're still the other percentage that aren't being spoken to. And a black woman who's, who owns her own company could just speak directly to them. Yeah. Right. And not yeah. put on a show for them, not be a character for them. Just be like, we specialize in this and just show that you are focused on this group of people yeah. and connect with them as a human. That's why I'm yeah. like, just, just record us talking because people will relate to that more than like a scripted thing. Yeah. I really think like throw all that shit out, throw the trends out and just be, be yourself and fearless mm-hmm. and get them to know who you are. And that's what they'll remember. They'll come to that person because they know who they are and they'll trust them because they can relate. Yeah. And, and, and my other question to you kind of related to that. So basically you're saying that they should, you know, practitioners should just connect with their audience and kind of tell them their story and speak to them on a, in a more professional way. It's a time to do this yeah. whole song and dance for them every two seconds because it's, it, it's a trend. So now for those that are trying to build a business that's bigger than themselves, because, you know, there, there's many, I call them single shingle businesses. So it's like, okay, like, I, like I'm, I'm a smaller business. And so, yeah, you're going to see me a lot because when you come work with my company, you're going to get me. So that's me. But like, right. what about the ones that have, you know, 20, 20, 30 employees? And same thing. How does that work? Because it's same thing take the head of the company and do a profile on them or show like any of these companies, they just need, they need a person to speak through the company, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not just corporate branding. Like stock images. Yeah. I think that people are really craving to connect to other people right now and they don't know who to go to, to trust. And mm-hmm. how do you, how else do you build trust than by relating to the person? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I don't know another way. That's true. You know, there's so many hotshot surgeons who screw shit up. Excuse me. There's so many hotshot sur- surgeons who screw things up with, they botch their clients. They're even like getting arrested and stuff or doing really bad stuff. You know, when yeah. they put, you know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter how cool they look. Come to Vegas. Everyone looks cool. You know what I mean? Everyone is a walking ego, but you Mm -hmm. can smell that there's something you need to just take the face off. I think I could be wrong too. Like I'm not going to speak for, although I mean, 
I could take one of the biggest companies out there and be like, dude, everyone sees you as a bunch of suits. Like they see um, Hollywood. You're just a bunch of suits. Yeah. And you're trying to grasp at anything that comes up that's new so that you can also have it and show it off. That's what I saw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, this new thing is out, you know, this new artist or this new, we need that because now we see it and we want to own it. I just think that they're just focused on money. They're not focused on relationships with their audience. Yeah, they're why, like maybe it's like, you know, their why is not strong enough because they're, like you said, they're not doing it for the right reason because there's going to be some people. Who it's a money says, thing. Yeah, there's going to be some people. Go ahead. Yeah, they just want to push product and, or, or whatever and, mm -hmm. and keep, the, keep their profits high and their losses low. And mm -hmm. I think that is, is patience. You can just kind of feel that, you know? I mean, if I, if I was a 30 plus company, uh, I would be focused on, we need to advertise that we don't come off as a 30 plus company. Mm. We're, we're the, we're here, we're your neighbors, we're your, you know, mothers and fathers where the, I went through a period where I, you know, I was injured by a surgeon and now I'm offering my services because I know what that's like, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That's just an example, but there's, everyone has a story. I think yeah. when I, when I did Russo's Instagram live, the most interesting part for me was when he talked about how he became a plastic surgeon and he lost his father. Yeah. And I feel that connection because I lost my mother and that's how I became, an, when I decided to become an artist mm. and uh, I know his heart's in it. Exactly. I know his heart's in what he does. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of out of the box stuff that I would love to do for, for these kinds of companies, but a lot of them are just too scared to. They don't want to look like they're not this, and they don't have the creative ideas either. Mm -hmm. Well, that's your job. You're the, you're the, you're the creator. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you hire me, like, I can't do it if I'm just pushing a pencil, meaning like, mm -hmm. if, if the heart's not in it all with all of us, it just becomes another dry thing I'm doing for another company and I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, you know, value-based work, that's, that's something else, you know, that, I, I think because there's a lot of people that get into this industry just because they think they're going to, they're like, Oh, I'm going to have more freedom. I'm going to have more of this. It's like, you're probably not going to have any of those things because if you're starting your own business, it's going to suck for a little while before it gets good. <laughs> and you're going to have a lot more headaches than having, you know, some doctor you're working with at the hospital. And I don't think people realize that and they get into it for the wrong reason. And they're like you said, their heart's not in it. And they're just in it for, you know, the dollar sign. And that's not the way to do anything because if you're in it for dollar signs, that's not going to take you through those times when you're feeling so depressed and you're crying because things aren't going the way that you want them to. It's not going to yeah. take you through. But if you have vision, I mean, some heart, people are take you through. You there are people so? who are like, I'm going to make a million, I'm going to make millions of dollars someday. I'm going to figure it out. And that's all that drives them. And that's cool. But they usually get to a place to where they're like, it's all about giving back. And like, you know what I mean? Like they get to this deeper place. That's yeah. not shallow. It's not about the cars. And like, I get all those things and I realize it sucks anyways, you know, yeah. Yeah. but it is, it, it does allow freedom. And that's a, that's a motivator. Knowing that having more money is, is more freedom, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because but so, freedom's the motivator, not yeah. the money. You see what I'm saying? Right. And and money right. just becomes the tool for the freedom. 
because, right. it, you know, I'd rather be sad and have a certain bank balance than sad and not have it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's yes. just like, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things. So, I mean, so tell me, so tell me more about, you know, your artistic process when, or what, like if someone wants to work with you, what do they actually have to come to you with? Um, to even like start the process, like what type of client are you going to take on? Like how big, yeah. how small? Like It's interesting because when I was in Aesthetic Next, my friend and client, Grace McLaurin, mm-hmm. she keeps telling the story over and over about how she called me because she wanted to hire me and I interviewed her the whole call, which I was like, well, why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? But then I realized that that's not normal. Yeah. That most people just want work and they don't have a goal to like connect with their client or whatever, mm-hmm. especially in an industry that seems so, I don't want to be rude, but seems shallow at times. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's not a, like from my perspective, you would think that being an artist doing medical art is just like, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's no, what am I pulling inspiration from to reproduce images of the female face over and over <laughs> like a lot. Uh, but. I, so that, what is the client that, well, I, I want to know, like I said earlier, that we're both driven and focused on expansion, Mm -hmm. that if they're, they need to have the willingness to be able to cross out of their comfort zone, if they're small, Mm -hmm. like say there, it's only a few people and they're like, we want to be, start educating people. And I go, okay, well, it's going to cost this amount of money to be able to get your investment back and then they they'll they might feel scared Mm -hmm. and i can offer all kinds of solutions you know for that i can be like we can do payments we can do this but the people who are like i'm ready they get their money back before we even launch anything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like like one client we did a man she came to me and she said i just want you to do a manual and it was 80 pages Mm-hmm. I put out a cover online of, a, of the manual before we were anywhere and yeah. she sold, she sold them all and made all of her money back. She invested in me before we released it. Wow. And wow. so that's the kind, that's the kind of thinking I'm talking about is like, you mm-hmm. got to want it and you got to be willing to spend the money. Mm-hmm. So you may have issues with money if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not a big clinic or not a big company, mm-hmm. but they want to become bigger. Right. They mm-hmm. want to grow, but they're too scared to grow. <laughs> too scared. <laughs> like work, dude, work a deal out with me. Give me yeah. half the profits and don't pay me anything. I don't know. I might be open to that. Like you got to, You got to have to be able to go bigger than just what's in your wallet right now. Yeah. You came to me because you want to go bigger. So let's go bigger. If you're too scared, then I can't help you. You know? Mm-hmm. So there's people who are like, I just want a few images. I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. Like we got to grow your company. So you, if you come to me, you have to go, I want to do this, this, this with, with your work. I mean, because it's all there. Once you get the work, it mm-hmm. can go in all these different directions. It can go to yeah. a manual, goes to online classes, which can mm-hmm. be sold all over the world. Yeah. The people can sign, you do a one and done people sign up constantly years yeah. after you finish it. I mean, it's just it, revenue forever. Yeah, you, know, you can you can use it in your lectures. You can use it on your website. You can use mm-hmm. it on, I mean, advertising. Like you get it, and there's like, and some people are just not able to get on that horse, you know. 
Yeah. Well, it's a mentality thing because, I mean, it's almost like I, I know when I read about in these blogs, they talk about, you know, having rich content, like, you know, produce like one or two pieces of rich content. And then that is going to help take care of what you need to write for your blogs and write and do this and then just read your post or whatever for a month or whatever. And so it's almost like what you have is like a really hyper on steroids piece of rich content for these people that are ready to get to the next level, because yeah. from that one thing, that one investment, that could be the springboard to yes. their entire practice, their entire yeah. life changing. Yeah, she could, she could, the, the manual that we did, she could offer volume two with the same work. Mm-hmm. In fact, she didn't even want to use all of the work in volume one. And I was like, mm-hmm. use all of the work. And she's like, no, I want it to be, I want to keep some of it and then put some of it in a derma filler book. And I was like, okay. But like, fuck, fill it, fill it yeah. up with your work. You're getting, you got all your money back. She, I mean, we could keep going if she wanted to, Yeah. you know, do online classes and, and, and volume two, volume three, just keep first edition, second edition and, and mm-hmm. update your book and resell it again. Like, it's just such a no brainer, like yeah. find ways to do it. And you do online classes. You could go to all the med spas you can find in the country and say, Hey, we're going to offer you a deal. If you give these to all of your client, all of your, your students, mm-hmm. all of your nurses, you know, in your med spa, they, mm-hmm. so there's eight people in that med spa. They all take it. You give them 50% off. I mean, like, come on, you get 10 med spas to do that. Yeah. You're, you're no longer working on the project. It's just now selling it. Exactly. And, and, and I do think that is really amazing that you have that tool for people um, because that's, that's, that's what's really separating the large businesses from the small businesses is that mentality. Like, you know, if you're scared to do things, if you're not ready to really invest in yourself and get past that roadblock you have, you're, you know, it could be your body. I know that you're really into fitness. It could be anything, your relationship, whatever. You're going to just be stagnant and you're going to stay yeah. in the same spot. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are identified with that victimized place. Hmm. Like it, it defines them yeah. and they're scared to grow because they can't be that person anymore. Yeah. And I also think that there's people who can't, they just can't come up with the ideas. Like they just don't have that creative thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you, once you show them something, though, so this is the corporations. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the big, big corporations. They don't they don't they don't have creativity. <laughs> they don't. No. I mean, a lot of these people don't. I mean, some do. Sure. I'm not going to I don't want to like put down every corporation. I just want to mm-hmm. say that there's a stagnant, you know, like like when I was talking about Hollywood, like let's mm-hmm. just get Brad Pitt and it'll sell tickets. I don't care. The, you know, we're always disappointed when we go to the movies. It could have been so much better, but the producer stepped in and ruined it. Yeah. But, but because they want to make sure that it sells money, they don't want to go out of the box. Yeah. Right. But the people who go out of the box are like cult classic legends, like David Lynch and Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Thomas really. Anderson. You know, I don't know that one. Yeah. Well, he did Boogie Nights and Magnolia and, uh, he's great. So the, these corporations, they, they see something like say the scan cadaver mm-hmm. that has never been seen before. And they're, they, then they go, Oh, now I want that. Buy that they guy. didn't want it before. You know what I mean? But they didn't have it. They didn't have it before. Yeah. You know, so you got to show those people everything. And so if I get a client where I got to show them, it, it becomes a, a bit of like ping pong where I'm like, 
just let me do this thing. And then they see it and they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, but they were all like in this place before of like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I think that this comes down to, it's just, it's like what you have is creative leadership because leadership is something in this country right now. We're not going to get too deep into it, but leadership is something that I think people <laughs> frown upon. They don't like to stop it. They don't like to see people that are leading. They like to see people doing everything else that everybody else is. They like to see the status quo. And, you know, right now, most of our leaders or whatever, you could say a lot of most people are looking up to Hollywood. And that's not that's not real. But in I, think lives, to that, though. I, I feel an awakening to that, though. I mean, the last, yeah. since COVID lockdown, I feel like people, all the idols are like, you know, kind of showing themselves as like unrelatable, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just like they're in their mansions and they're talking down to us, like, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I think um, that people yeah. are waking up to that. But then I the mean, other I people, so. they're just in their bubble. In their bubble. And then, you know, when all these things are happening, you know, people are building businesses and, you know, but then, you know, people have to shut down their businesses for months. It's like now the government is telling us what to do in that regard. Like, but there's people that could there's, happen. There's mm -hmm. people who are fighting and they are getting the biggest followings online mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or the whistleblowers who are trying to say things are going on that shouldn't be going on. Mm -hmm. There was one one whistleblower the other day who came out and said, this is what's happening in the uh, um, uh, HHS. And she, within, and she lost her job because she said she was reporting publicly what they're doing. Wow. And within two days, people donated her $315,000. Hmm. So she's fine for at least a couple of years. <laughs> that was probably so more than her salary. Yeah, but she's, she's awake and she listened to her heart. And she, mm -hmm. and she said, I have faith in God that this is the right thing to do. And everybody was mm -hmm. like, we love you, you know? Yeah, because and people think, are grasping for that. They're looking for yes, that. Yes, yes. So, Okay. Yeah, I think that you got to figure out how to make your so with marketing your company yeah. online, you got to you got to figure out how to make make yourself relatable, individual and and offer something people want and give them a funnel to get get to it. Yeah. Make sure that there's a call to action, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of your video or whatever so that yeah. people can can jump on it right there because people you let them think too long, they end up yeah, you know, doing nothing. Yeah, they right. So right. people want leaders. So I, I think if we leave people with anything as this, it, it, it's just like you know, besides what you do with them with art, because you've been leading, you've been a creative leader in the art space, and now people are jumping all right. over you because you made the decision that you are going to have creative leadership. So for the business owners that are listening to this podcast, I would say. Look deep into yourself. Your company is, if you want to think of it as a person, and then your company should be leading in some way. And don't just try and fit in with everybody else and do what everybody else does. Because in the long run, you're just going to be a faceless entity. Or we'll see, or we'll see through the BS. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are like, well, if I do this, maybe people will know. Stop, just stop, stop trying yeah. so hard and stop just, so be, hard. just be yourself mm -hmm. and, and be, you know, this, this, there's gotta be something unique about you to make people want to connect with you. 
-hmm. instead of just seeing yourself as how do I get more clients in this industry where everyone mm -hmm. looks the same? Mm -hmm. You just got to shift it as like speak directly to your clients mm -hmm. or wow them with something like your technology. I mean, that's important too. Like I want to put the cadavers in the advertising, but I can't because yes. Because there's this whole protected process behind the cadavers. Yeah. But I made, I made like in a few days, like Instagram videos that would go crazy viral if mm -hmm. I could just get permission to share them. Yeah. You know, I told yeah. Russo, can we possibly get cadavers that we can have permission to do that for? And he said, I think so. Yeah. So we just got to get there. But if like we can add that, if you could, if I could show clips of, that unique thing of mm -hmm. cadavers moving or whatever in a, a, a commercial for their classes, mm -hmm. everyone would be like, that is unique. Yeah. You mean when I take the course, I can, I can spin around a cadaver and like with my mouse and like zoom in on it and mm -hmm. look at all areas up close instead of have to look at a picture. Like that's a unique thing yeah. and it's visceral. Yeah. It's visceral response. Yeah. There'll be a response from it. That's so they won't forget it. I mean, that'll, mm -hmm. that image will be burned in their head. And if you're a student, mm -hmm. why, why wouldn't you want to take that? That's just what I feel, you know, like yeah. that's me. Like I want to, like, I just feel that energy there of going like, that's, that's, I got to take that course, you know, definitely. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, so I'm going to ask you this. So we're kind of wrapping down now. So I, I just want to ask you, so how can our listeners find you, number one, on the internet? How can they find you on social media, your website? How can they get in contact? Just type in my name, Kevin Cease, you'll get everything. But if you go to kevincease.art, you'll see my website. You go to my Instagram, Kevin Cease, uh, at Kevin Cease. And then if you're cool, I'll let you in on my fitness page. <laughs> <laughs> that's a club. That's a club. In yeah, that's a private club. Uh, that's, that's the uh, that's the places those are them nice awesome well kevin thank you so much for your time today it's been so great Absolutely. like you know talking to you more about your business and just like you know talking about things in general and i'm sure i will see you somewhere soon very cool are you coming to vegas i'm not sure yet well it's in january so yeah. i may okay i still haven't decided well, let me know. I'll have a booth. <laughs>